1: What
2: is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast, post-game edition, where the Thunder are back to their losing ways, dropping one to the Pelicans, 109 to 95. The Thunder are now 1-15 and 15 in their last 16 games. They're back on, ta- on pace with the tank. Kamiar and I, Jacob, joined uh, the Locker Room app tonight to break down this Thunder game. Uh, Taylor Peterson joined us about halfway through. We had lots of listener questions, people coming up on stage. If you guys haven't already, I know I mention this a lot, but make sure to go download the Locker Room app. It is on iOS and is now in beta for Android, so everybody should be able to get it. You can follow myself, Jacob Niffin. You can follow Kamiar Morabian, Taylor Peterson, Justin Peabody, and Nick Crane all on there as we always go live, one of us, after every Thunder game to talk about OKC basketball. Uh, we'll tweet out those links as well so you guys can come join. Uh, thank, Thank you to those of you who are listening to the podcast version of this. We really appreciate you as well. And just a quick aside before I patch you over to that audio, the locker room app was struggling a, l- a little bit tonight, uh, I think because of the NFL draft and just the sheer amount of volume on the app. So we were actually unable to uh, get our mics on the locker room app. So it was like through the phone. So the audio isn't great. It isn't what you typically expect here from the uncontested. And so uh, we apologize for that. Uh, hope you still enjoy the episode, though, and we will talk to you Saturday after the Thunder take on the Indiana Pacers. The Thunder, back to their losing ways. One game, win streak is snapped. The Thunder are now 1-15 in their last 16 games as they drop one to the New Orleans Pelicans, 109-95. Kamiar, I think we, we don't bury the lead here. We start off with uh, maybe what's the most interesting thing from this game, which is new, newly acquired Thunder player Gabriel Deck made his debut tonight. Uh, not a lot of minutes. Only played 14, 15 minutes tonight. Uh, but what are your initial Gabriel Deck takeaways?
1: He does not bend his knees while he's shooting.
2: That is factual.
1: He's got a very weird jump shot. But uh... – He's got some sauce, man. You see that behind the back? The the pass was
2: uh, very saucy. I was I was very into that. Um, what a hell of a welcome to the NBA moment. You check in and immediately go in and guard Zion Williamson. That's a, that's a tall task.
1: Well, he, he's known around as Fat Julius Rand. <laughs> <in the last laughs> but, you know, the, he went right at him. Got uh, got one off the
2: glass. Mm-hmm. There's his only bucket of the night was that little uh, fade away on Zion.
1: Everybody just wants a big deck, you know, and <laughs> I just wanted to see him play more. Okay. So he doesn't want us to be great.
2: Uh, yeah. We're, I think we're going to see deck more and more, especially at his, his price tag. He's making $4 million for the next 10 games. Uh, he's going to get some burn. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, what's up to everybody on Locker Room, by the way, if you are listening to us on the podcast version, uh, we are doing this post game live on the Locker Room app, which is now available to everybody uh, with Android as well. The Android beta is up. So you have no excuse. Go download that Locker Room app. Follow us on Locker Room and come join us in these post game chats. We've got a lot of people uh, in the comments right now. If any of you guys want to hop up on stage and chat with Kamiar and I about this game tonight. Please hit that request to speak button. We'd love to get you on here. There's
1: not a lot to talk about, man. Yeah,
2: it's we're we're going to be digging a little bit for this one. So, Kamyar, um, three Thunder players um, kind of paced the Thunder in scoring tonight. Dort with 17, Teo with 16, Baisley with 15, uh, and Roby with 13. I said three. That's four. Um, choose one of those four and let's talk a little bit, a little bit about their game tonight, and then just a little bit about what we're seeing from them over the over the course of the losing streak where these guys are getting a lot of burn.
1: Let's talk about Darius Baisley because he wants to be a good basketball player. He was very aggressive in the first quarter
2: tonight, continually attacking the rim. I think he had 10 field goal attempts in the first quarter. Ends the game with only 15, 6 of 15 from the field, 0 of 6 from 3.
1: I feel like he he wants to go to the rim because the coaches are like, hey, just attack the rim. And he's like, okay, in his brain, I gotta attack the rim. But I feel like he does that without thinking what the consequences or reactions of what the defense will do mm-hmm. when he actually gets in the paint. So, like, him going to the rim, you're like, hey, Bayes is being aggressive. But then when he actually gets in the paint, it usually ends up not that great. Yeah, it to me, it's like
2: he he wants to be aggressive. He puts the ball on the floor. He drives hard to the rim. But once, like you said, once the defense collapses, once he gets to the rim, he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't know what he wants to do when he gets there. And he kind of ends up in no man's land with his dribble picked up, typically in midair, trying to figure out, do I shoot this? Do I kick it out? And a lot of times it just leads to, uh, a, just like a Yakity sax like Yakity sax throwing
1: whats yakity is
2: yackety-sax? yackety-sax is like that I, I forget what... yeah <laughs> it's just like some crazy <laughs> shit man it's like he doesn't know uh, what he's trying to do and um, it just ends up wild sometimes it's like just a really stupid turnover
1: do you prefer him or pokus while it drives?
2: oh pokus 100% why? Uh, I feel like Poku has a bit more vision when he goes to the basket and kind of knows what he's doing. We've seen Poku a lot, like, beat his man, get to the rim, and give a little head fake, he like and then stifters. do that little, yeah, that little yeah. drop-off to the big. Um, Taylor's in the chat saying he's still mad he doesn't have a cool blue wire badge like I do. But you know what, Taylor, get on my level. Uh, Taylor, also get your butt up here and, and talk with Kami or I because I think we're going to struggle on takeaways from this Pelicans game. Kami, give me some more thoughts on Basley. Besides the driving, the thing that worries me the most his jump shooting looks awful. Um, like I don't know what he is shooting percentage <laughs> wise in April, but it's like below fifteen percent from you tell
1: three. Me there's a thunder player on this team that's athletic that can't shoot worth the shit.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty on brand.
1: I'm really surprised. <laughs>
2: really on brand.
1: You know, Bay's tries on defense. I just don't know. I, I was thinking. I've been thinking it's like for the last week. I don't even know if he's a part of the long-term plans, but have you seen? Have you seen him? His game progress much? He's just run, he's rim running, which is what you want him to do, and he might have a lot more success rim running if he had a Shea out there, if he had literally anybody that can play Al Horford and all those guys, he would probably have a lot more success. But at the same time, man, it's horrible. Yeah, you,
2: I don't feel like I've seen a ton of growth. The two places of growth I feel like I have seen from him in the past month would be we just talked about his wild drives. But it feels like when he does drive hard to the basket with the intent of getting a shot at the rim, he's become a little more efficient. He's he's finishing stronger and not so low. He's, he's dunking the ball a lot. And the second thing is his defense. It feels like he is defending – um at at a, at least a decent level uh, and he's defending a plethora of different types of players. I mean tonight we saw him guarding Zion Williamson, a couple of nights ago we saw him guarding Russell Westbrook. Uh, he is matching up against tons of different styles of players uh, and doing a decent job on them. So I'm I'm hopeful for his defense, but overall it's uh yeah, it feels like you haven't
1: seen the growth from him in year 2 that you would want to. I mean I uh, to I guess to his defense, I suppose he didn't. They didn't get an off season. The man just played, and then the next thing you know, they were playing like a month later. So, like, it's not, it's not that. I would say it's not too fair to judge him off that. But then, like, you look at what Lou Dore has been doing this year, and you're thinking, "What the heck?" Yeah, yeah. No, I. I mean, I think it's a very fair point that
2: his first two seasons in the league have been very inconsistent. And that's not a, you need consistency for growth, right? Especially like in yeah. physical growth, like in basketball. But then you look at his peers and his peers have grown.
1: Yeah, like I look at Tao. Yeah. Why is Tao a ba- better basketball player
2: than Baisley? At the, especially at this point in time, right? Where Baisley has more NBA experience. Yeah, I agree.
1: Baisley had like a full year on this guy. Teo was coming in fresh face. And Tav has been out playing them a lot. I mean, mind us, like a Bazelie was out for a, a long time with a fractured scapula.
2: Yeah, or as, as the a Thunder, thunder called it, a, a shoulder bruise.
1: Yeah, and so like I, that would set you back physically, maybe, but not in your action in in, in, in role in role playing. That wouldn't. And yeah. So I don't. Whatever, man. I don't. I really don't think he's gonna be long term a Thunder player. I don't. I don't see it in the future, especially if OKC gets a top five selection, they're gonna go after Wings horde, and I don't know what that looks like. But what about yeah? So Xander in the chat says, I think
2: this says more about Dort and Teo than it does Baze, but he says you're also definitely not wrong though. Um, I and I think I don't think it's black or white. I don't think we're either saying like, um, Teo and Dort progressed and Bayes didn't or right. Bayes like stagnated uh, it's it's not black and white i think it's gray area in there right but um you know so shout out to Dort and, and tayo and, and speaking of let's move on to tayo 16 points four assists tonight um two blocks by tayo which is kind of surprising five of 12 from the field two of six from three four of four from the free throw line it feels like ever since they took the the starters the quote-unquote starters out um, that this that that tails kind of hit a a rookie wall also we have a uh, co-host of the podcast taylor peterson now uh hopping on the locker room taylor peterson what's up taylor taylor peterson
3: hold on i'm waiting to, uh trying to get my uh my audio on my computer hey it was Wait. weird for us
2: too trying to get the audio on the computer like the oh, locker it's room thing. Working right oh. now yeah, but everyone says that we sound like we're
3: coming through our mic, so I think we're good. Okay, well, that's really weird. That is super weird. Yeah, so it's in the same thing for me. It's like a blank white screen. Yes, that's but I have good for us, too. So, so I think we're good, man. Okay, well, cool. Um, well, hey, yeah, Teo, great game. Um, but I'm just here to talk about Lou and to uh, ask Kamiar about the Steelers drafting and all about Alabama running back, but I can wait.
2: <laughs> All right, well, well. since Taylor has
3: joined the chat, let's talk Lou. Taylor, what did you see from Lou tonight that you liked? <laughs> uh, I Sorry, I didn't mean to actually change the subject. Taylor was fantastic, but Lou's fourth quarter, I, it, his second half in general, I mean, I know he played great, but that fourth quarter in particular is just so fun to watch. Um, just seeing him. Almost turning into like a microwave microwave score down this last stretch of games is something that I don't think any of us saw coming. But not only that, some of the things that really stood out to me, there was actually a play there in the fourth quarter where he um, had like a Chris Paul move that we've seen from like that from Shea um, that he picked up from Chris, right? Where he like dribbles um, in front of a defender, the the defender tries to come back and and guard him, Uh, Lou sticks his butt out, tries to like draw the foul, the defender yeah puts him in jail. So he – right. So then he, he dishes to an open – a wide-open shooter. Um, sometimes the defender will fall for it, and you get the foul call, uh, the, the infamous foul call and, and, and shots um, – or free throws um, that we saw from Chris. And like I said, SJ picked that up. But to see Lou do that, I, mean, I was like – he continues to show me more and more, and it really is exciting. And I, I tweeted this out, but I don't know if we're going to see the true, um, the true leaps that Lou's made on the offensive end of the floor until next season when he's surrounded with guys like Shea and whoever the draft pick is and, you know, starting small board, Gabriel Deck, and, you know. <laughs>
2: well, and,
3: and before
2: we move on, because I do think we need to dedicate um, a handful of minutes to Deck, um, I've been thinking about this for a while, and now that I have both you and Kami are here, uh, I want to ask this question. After tonight, the Thunder have nine games left, I believe any chance they and is there any chance they do this and if so at what point uh, do Lou. they sit Lou for the rest of the season
3: you, you i knew you were going to ask that cuz you've been asking that in the uh, in our slack over the past couple of weeks jacob great point um probably I, I i haven't looked ahead at the schedule i don't have it memorized right now but i know we have those uh, sacramento games coming up would not be surprised to see it happen for the first sacramento game
1: <sighs> i know I mean like there's not that many games left of this thing, so I guess we right. could I guess we could just effectively just rip the band-aid off and just like grant and Barrett because you know, like at this point you went sure. through an entire almost April winless
2: and like The only reason you won a game is because the Boston Celtics just absolutely shit the bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like right now I feel like I dead inside. Yeah, you almost let Bobby Hill slash Peyton Pritchard beat you in that Boston game. Bobby. Oh, I, just to <laughs> I just had
1: to throw my Bobby Hill joke. That's so true. But, man, I think they should just let Moses Brown run the point guard. Do you like that pass tonight? Poku. That,
3: uh... Let Poku run point. Please. At least it's like one game. Brown.
2: Uh, I think Moses Brown will be on this roster because his contract is so cheap and team-friendly. Um, but Moses Brown is not in a in a rotation for a team that's trying to make a
3: an NBA playoff run. Right? All right, so I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was pretty much off the grid today because of work and also house stuff. Uh, prior to like, I mean, basically up until about 6 p.m. right before the NFL draft, and then the Thunder game at eight. Um, it was Tony Bradley Bradley out tonight. That's at, like, a good question. I I because
2: I, I, I was busy today too, so I didn't see the injury report, but no Tony Bradley tonight. And then call and ring us in the chat. Any reason we saw no Kenrich Williams tonight?
3: Oh, no, no Kenrich. That's interesting. So probably because Gabriel was there and it was kind of like a quote unquote rest night for Kenrich Would be my guess. Yeah. How many
1: times in your life have you managed your guys' loads? <laughs>
3: uh, it's
2: a, it's a large number. Um, Justin says we need a point Poku for one of the Kings games. Justin, I say, why one? Give oh. us all three Kings games with Point Poku.
1: <laughs> yes. And I'm here to publicly ask for, I guess it's just, it wouldn't be asking, it's just, it's just demanding, <laughs> that Justin Peabody make Big Deck Energy shirt. Yes. That's <laughs> a podcast.
2: Justin, we are putting you on notice on the pod <laughs> live. It's important. We need big deck energy shirts.
3: He's just so long and
2: lengthy.
1: Yeah.
2: Colin asked, can load management be applied to college in finals week? <laughs> I remember those days, Colin.
3: I you feel you. You
2: got it, man.
1: You got it, Colin.
2: Just you know, wait until
3: load management's applied to deck. <laughs> yeah. He
2: plays three games and then gets D&P rest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a tough game is this NBA I mean, and what teams does OKC even have left that are worth even talking about? Here, I'll pull up the remaining.
2: Uh, <laughs> the, the ones team. where they try, I'll try and today.
3: out-tank the other teams. Remember they are the we're like, oh, yeah. There's only –
1: OKC's going to win more than 25 games because they start off so well. Yeah. There's
2: no way yeah. they 25 games. I don't know if they <laughs> win another game this season, honestly. They have the Pacers, loss, the Suns. Loss. Kings lost. Warriors, Warriors
3: Loss, Kings, Kings. Mm, they're going to win like probably two of those. Uh, Kings, yeah. Kings, Warriors. Do you have games. them going two and one against the Kings. No, the Kings, Warriors game. So that's oh, what five games.
2: I think they win one of those games, and then they finish it with Jazz, Clippers. Lost, loss Oh yeah, yeah. Good. I think uh, Jazz, Clippers are still um like jockeying for playoff position at that point at the end of the season. Right. Um, hopefully, De'Aaron Fox will be back for those last two t- Kings games. Uh, hopefully. They will be, he will not <laughs> be back for that first Kings game. Uh, Warriors will be jockeying for position in those two Thunder Warriors games. Man, I have a hard time seeing them win one of these final nine.
1: How upset are you going to be if OKC ends up with, like, picks 8 and 17? I'm going to be very upset.
2: So, for um, what it's
3: worth. After all this tanking. Like, all this week when I've been going on Tankathon doing my simulations. I do three each morning, and uh, <laughs> I've had really good like, luck your ritual? all, gives, like, your morning, all but... week. I've gotten at least one top, top five pick the entire week, Monday through Thursday. Hey, that's a good sign. Hey, And times of... like, five and seven. Sorry,
2: go ahead. Speaking of um, the tank standings, and, and again, we still got to do a few minutes on deck here. Yeah. Um, uh, look, the Carlton ball. That's a good name. Wait, wait. That is a good name. <laughs> That's pretty good.
1: What? Carlton
2: <laughs> bar says, this also Warriors is that loss give moment. up, give us a little bit of hope. Uh, so Minnesota is now at, and, and let me refresh tankathon here real quick so I can have the very latest up-to-date standings. Um, Minnesota is now only a game and a half up on the thunder uh, in the tank standings, Minnesota's won their last four in a row. Ooh. So the Thunder have a chance to maybe Minnesota and Orlando, both a game and a half up on OKC, Detroit two games up on OKC uh, with nine left. So they're small chance, but there is a chance. Um, and that Minnesota uh, being fourth best odds means that the Thunder pick that they got in the Kelly Oubre trade, because it's not gonna, they're not going to get the Golden State pick, uh, Will be pick number thirty-four, um, that Minnesota second rounder that the uh, that the Warriors own. So uh, the Wash says, Coach D hazing deck on Zion to make sure OKC tank going the right way.
3: <laughs> that is pr- that that's pretty great. Um,
2: I like it. I like
3: I, it. Hey, but I actually thought those of you in the
2: comments, if you want to pop up on stage and chat with us, make sure you hit that request to I speak button. Fun, that, We'd love to get you up here. Absolutely. Come and talk with us about deck. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Kami, but Manu uh, did. This was like seven or eight years ago. I think it was a while back, but Manu I did a young man, man back then. did a podcast with Kobe Bryant uh, and Kobe. Uh, they talked about deck and Kobe wanted to get deck to the Lakers. To the play Lakers.
3: Him, yep. Which is pretty cool. Yep. Well, didn't I man? thought, okay. So speaking of deck on Zion, I thought he did a pretty solid job. He did hold his own. Um, he has good strength, uh, or a solid base. I, I, I think he can be a really solid defender, uh, a wing defender. And I, I was pretty impressed with what he did on Zion. I was kind of shocked that they threw him like, on Zion to begin with, but I thought he did a good job. I, I was kind of surprised they didn't put Lou on Zion at any point. But I yeah, I thought Deck did that okay. The it thing makes is... sense to have him on uh, Ingram, but regardless. Um, yeah, no, I, I was kind of surprised they didn't have Lou on him either. Like yeah. Deck makes more sense on Ingram. Uh Carlos um, thought he did a good job. Man yeah. was scared about uh, uh Gabriel Deck's pistol on his hit. <laughs> 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 I
2: love
1: it. Um yeah, Silver says Manu was
2: walking, watching Deck today. Yeah, we're that's what we're, we're referring to, Silver, as the uh the Manu tweet uh about Gabriel Deck on the behind the back pass, which the was fajita. <laughs>
3: the fajita. Which was very saucy. That season. was funny, the fajita. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, he did. He did some really good things that first half. You know what's interesting though? I'm curious to get your guys' take on this. Maybe I just, it, maybe it was just more so him just trying to get acclimated, especially with that second unit, which is it isn't even really the second unit. It's like all the third unit guys plus like Ty Jerome, a couple other second unit guys. But I felt like Deck almost looked gassed out there in in the second half. Which is interesting to me considering that, like, you know, he had played pretty much a full season with Real Madrid, had gotten them basically to what their quote unquote playoffs or final four. Um, but there is such a difference between the two games, the NBA and um, overseas, specifically the Euro League um, that he was playing in. It just makes me wonder if it was a slower paced game over there uh, playing with Real Madrid compared to the NBA, especially a team like the Pelicans who are pushing the pace and the Thunder who push the pace. He's deck almost looked really tired to me. Did you guys pick up on that? Or you think it was more so just him trying to get acclimated? It'd be jet lag because he was okay, in Europe. That's actually fair, also, too.
2: And it then was stuck in like a he, hotel He room. hasn't got to participate in team practices yeah. because
1: of a COVID protocol, right? <laughs> also, <laughs> right. Be, there's nobody in Europe that looks like Zion. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah it, that be. was
2: his coming <laughs> to America moment. Like, holy shit. They look like this over here? <laughs> Hey uh, guys, we have Colin Reed wants to hop up on stage with us. Let's get Colin in here. Awesome. Real quick. Hey Colin, what's going on, man?
1: Hey man, not much. How about you? All.
2: Doing well. Just big chilling.
1: Hey, there you go. Um, I just have a question, really quick, about the draft, and I want to know yeah. from y'all's perspective. Um, obviously, if the Thunder end up with the number one pick, I feel like it's a consensus that they'll take Cade. But who do they look at with the number two pick? I mean, do they try to feel a gap at? the big man position and take an evan mobley or go with more of a playmaker like jalen suds or a score like jalen green
2: that's a great question and um i i'm interested what all three of our answers will be and if they'll be any yep. different um i i think for me guys right now i am at pick number two i am on uh, team mobley I actually am as well. Yeah, which is surprising for me because I'm the one that's talked a lot of shit about taking a big man in the top five. <laughs> for
3: he's a so, long he's time, so I've talked shit on taking
2: a big man in the he top so five, but different. I think I'm Team Mobley right now.
3: He, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I think you, you have to take Mobley at two. I I love his versatility that he brings. He's, he's a seven-footer, but I don't know. He's almost like a more um, – uh, I don't even know the right comparison there. What skill set does he bring that attracts – both of you to Evan Mobley.
2: I think so. His offense is still raw right now, but I think his oh, I've his never heard that from Thunder player before. I think his <laughs> uh, his skill level at uh, shooting from distance, um, being able to like Reap pick forward. and roll and dive to the rim, uh, his ability to pass, and then he, I mean, so he, well he was so interesting. He, he ran pick and roll as the ball handler. I just I yeah. think he's more of a. Um, Chris Bosh, Jaron Jackson Jr. type big. Um, And and that is intriguing to me. If you can have a front court of like Poku and Mobley and just all these dudes that are like super big, super long, who can grab a rebound off the rim and just
3: go. Um, It's intriguing to me. I I think his scoring is on taps, Um, on tap potential for sure. I, I, I do think he's going to become a scorer, rather that's from outside. I mean, he does have the ability, I think, to eventually score from outside but more so just mid-range and down low, I think he's going to be a really versatile score, um, especially in the pick-and-roll, like you said, Jacob, like having Shea running pick-and-roll and roll in Mowgli, or even, like, think about Poku. Poku and Mowgli pick-and-rolls, two seven-footers running the pick-and-roll, both of them can pick-and-pop or drive the rim. I mean, that's just, the possibilities are endless. I love, um, I think, just the way he could fit to just on, almost any scheme um, and the way that you could use him and develop him. But I must say, like I know Jalen Suggs is going to be up there, um, but I do really, really like Jalen Green. Nick and I talked about this here, here earlier in the week, um, but man, I, I think Green would be perfect on the Slender team.
1: yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, Who's your guy too? If OKC gets, <laughs> excuse me, if OKC gets a second pick, they get the second selection. You don't choose a big at all. Never. i again. I'm the one
2: that's no. been on on record for a long time being against. I just I don't know. There's something about Evan Logan that just attracts me. This is what you and mean. I will I will change that opinion multiple times before draft day. I this promise is, you that. This
1: is what yeah. You feel. If you get the second pick, you gotta you gotta understand. Shea is really Shea's kind of like a combo guard. He can play mm-hmm. he can play point. He plays a t- he can play really well off ball. And he's got a reliable point guard. So you can pick a Jalen Suggs, or you can mm-hmm. pick a Jalen At the same time, what do you even forecast what Jonathan Kaminga is going to be at? Is Jonathan Kaminga going to be a three? Is it going to be a stretch four? Uh, small ball five? All the above?
2: I, I think yeah, Kaminga is definitely in that like Kawhi Leonard style build so, where he could play three or
1: four. And this is what I'm saying: if you get the second pick, you g- good NBA teams have good wings. You go and get. Jonathan Kamingo or Ooh. Scotty Barnes or so whoever else you get to go and get a good wing that has great size and athleticism and then you go and look at that tre- treasure trove of picks and you go and pry John Collins away from Atlanta.
2: Oh, okay. Okay, and then, like
1: just the rebuild is still going on. It's not like you're going to make the playoffs the next year because that's still a young team. But like, don't draft a big in the top five. How, how well has that gone over the last five years? Okay. No, it's, that's Joel Embiid is one of them.
2: Yeah, jo- Joel
1: is – and really, Joel is the exception of the rule. Chris right? Kapps was going to be good, but then he couldn't lay off the coke and injuries. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh,
1: I wrote him. Who was on
2: crack? <laughs> well, okay. Uh, Colin, thanks for the question, man. Let's get uh, Xander up here. He wants to, uh, to chat as well. Xander, what's going on, man?
3: Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, it sound great. For sure. Alrighty, um, my question is about the draft as well. I've been really itching and fiending to talk about this draft, but um, in the past, last year's a great example. Um, OKC's been looking at them home run swings, looking at guys that they can um not have to come in and make an immediate impact but, you know, be good in the next, you know, couple of years. Who's guys like let's just assume that uh, we end up just having to live with that seventeen to twenty whatever pick that the heat give us, um, who's someone at that range that you think we could get that may be seen as a home run swing.
2: That's a great question. I love
1: Isaiah Todd, uh,
2: the kid from the G league ignite. Mm -hmm. Um, my guy is, um, for, uh, that position, uh, Zaire Williams from Stanford. He's super long, super lanky. He's, he's almost a Poku type build. Um, he did not perform well at Stanford. Uh, he, he was very off and on and then missed a ton of games. Uh, but, but just the potential there. Um, he's very Brandon Ingram-ish to me. Uh, so, so he would be my swing.
3: I like that. I think I feel like he's going to be gone. Another guy who I think is going to be gone in that range as well, who I've been talking a lot about recently, and also brought up on the podcast earlier this week with Nick, is uh, Josh Giddey. Um, yeah, out, I was actually uh,
2: watching film of him last night, too. The NBL.
3: Oh, I've uh, yeah. He's, he's kind of my draft crush right now. Just outside that top five, obviously. If uh, the Thunder were to, unfortunately, get like, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth pick, I would love Giddy alongside Shea for the points that Kamiar mentioned earlier. Another combo guard who can do a lot of different things. He's not super explosive which is a little worrisome um i, I don't sorry not super is a, an understatement he's not explosive <laughs> um his shooting can use some work although i think it's there um but his iq is just next level and i think kind of the the players that press he's targeting um also the versatility that i mentioned he would fit really really well with this team and i think would fit really well under dignal but a couple other like another guy that I only, I've seen Mike Schmidt's tweet about him um, and um, uh, Jonathan Wasserman, um, some guys like that, that there's a couple um, players overseas right now that are getting a lot of attention and kind of like peaking scouts interest. I haven't done nearly enough like research into these guys. I just have been like, keep thinking that these are the kind of players that Pressey might take with home run swings. Um, there's a Victor Wimbunyama, um, which is uh, a player I'm trying to remember where he's. I don't even know where he's playing right now. He's he's super intriguing to me. Um, I mentioned I mentioned Josh. There's some like foreign players I think that could be really interesting that I want to dig into as well. I like Zaire again. I like Giddy. I just feel like they might go a little earlier because like after that top five, the draft just gets so unknown. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But then you also have some of those like a uh, couple of those players from Tennessee. Um. Got some one
2: yeah, range. I think they're projected pretty high, too, though.
3: Yeah, so they'll be anywhere from 6 to 10 range. Yeah. I hope, the, 15, I hope Zaire will fly, because
2: that, that's my guy. Hey, yeah. um, Taylor's brother in, in the chat here, uh, firing off some hot takes. Where was it? Let me find it real quick. <laughs> Hayden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hayden. Where, where'd Hayden go? Here we go. Hayden, oh, here ha- call me. I will like this one. Hayden says Mobley is the next uh, next Bagley.
1: Oh, gross!
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Hey,
2: um, and and I haven't told you guys this. Let me throw this out to you and just see how you feel. I had a a a friend, a, a, we call him a podcast colleague, I guess, uh, DMing me the other day who covers the Sacramento Kings, that yep. asked. Uh, How would would you feel, talking to me, he said, how would you and the uncontested and and Oklahoma City feel about a Al Horford for Buddy Heald trade? And Buddy Heald has one more year than Horford. And I said, honestly, I don't think the Thunder are really interested in getting a guy like Heald right now. They'd probably want to pick or make a three-team deal to get an asset. He said, what if it was
3: Heald plus Bagley for Horford? I knew you were going to go that direction. But
1: why would... Why would Sacramento think
2: about doing that other than
3: like OKC okay, yeah. sending
2: the picks? Um, that's a good question. I mean, why does Sacramento do half the
1: shit they do? I mean, like if they send, if they would send Bagley on over with Buddy Hield, I don't see how you could say no. on agree. They just want a ton of picks.
2: I agree.
3: Who want a ton of picks, right?
2: I don't know. I mean, what if they just need to want a guy that can like help reset their culture and help them win games for once? That'd be something. the most pangs
3: move of all what Kings, big, but gosh, can you guys man. imagine, like, like Kamiar said, if, if you end up with a Bagley, and then obviously you have Buddy, and then you end up with like a top five, top seven pick, and play alongside these guys, that's really fun. Imagine being the Kings, and you, everybody and
1: their dog knows, you should be drafting Luca, and instead you, <laughs> <those laughs> Marvin Bagley, Marvin freaking Bagley. It's, uh,
2: it's interesting. I don't know. Marvin Bagley hasn't played much for them. It was just – this wasn't me proposing this, okay? This was a, a guy who covers the Kings proposing this. So, uh, very fascinating. We'll have to get him on the pod uh, in the off season and uh, and talk about it a little bit. So, uh, somebody in, in the chat earlier um, – it won't let me scroll back far enough now. Somebody in the chat earlier asked, can the Thunder out-tank Cleveland uh, to get sole possession of the fifth pick? Cleveland has the sixth most difficult schedule remaining uh, in the league. They play the Suns, the Nets, the Mavs twice, uh, the Blazers and the Celtics, uh, their easiest opponents left. They have the Wizards twice and the Pacers. You got to hope Cleveland, if Cleveland uh, in their last 10 can win one or two, I think OKC's safe. Right? I really think they're safe.
3: Yep. I agree. So, also, so the Timberwolves can... beat the uh, Warriors tonight. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh,
2: the ship has sailed on the Thunder getting the Warriors' first-round pick. That's not going oh, yeah. to. There, there's there's not enough games left that the Warriors can make up, um, and so that that it is what it is. There, uh, the Thunder are going to end up with Minnesota's second-round pick instead in that Kelly Oubre trade. Um, but yeah, uh, gentlemen, we've been going for about forty minutes here. Any other thoughts on tonight's game uh, before we get our listeners out of here?
1: <laughs> hope everybody had. A, hope everybody in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, if you're listening, uh, hope your windshields are okay. Yeah, my house got the hell beat out of it. That was cr- so crazy. Not
2: fun. All right, we'll ask custom before we get off of the locker room and we get you guys out of here. You know we got to hit that sim lottery button. We got to do it, Taylor. Give me your project, your prediction, right now before I hit. I'm seven. going three and seven. Or sorry, you're going five what? And seven, Not three and seven. Five and seven. Five and seven. Call me. Or what are you taking? Seven and seventeen. Seven and seventeen. Let's go. Oh, Call me or I got it. Oh, Boom, baby, I told Boom. you. Boom. Seven and seventeen.
3: <laughs> Boom. Oh,
2: so, I know, sad dude. day. Lottery night, like, I'm going to have to go to the doctor a week before lottery night and just get a prescription of Xanax (laughs) so I can just be chilled out for lottery night. Yep. So, all right. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for checking out The Uncontested. If you haven't already, download that locker room app. Come join us in these post games. We have a blast. Thank you guys for hopping up on stage, for all of your comments in the comment section. If you listen to the podcast version of this, please go drop a five-star rating wherever you download your pod. That means a lot to us. Helps the pod grow. Helps other people find the uncontested. The Wash says, Thunder up, guys. Couldn't leave it off on a better note. Except we're flipping it because we want to lose. Thunder down. Have a Mm -hmm. great Friday. Uh... Justin will be with you guys Saturday night after the Thunder take on the Indiana Pacers. We're going to try to get our guy, Alex Golden, of the Setting the Pace podcast on to break down that one with us. So until then, have a great week and Thunder Down.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.